Welcome to the Church of God Network podcast, everybody. My name is Chantel Wes, and I am joined by my lovely best friend slash roommate, Julia Stewart. Um, we wanted to talk about something that has been on our hearts and our minds for quite a long time now, something that I think might um, be of interest to you guys, and I feel like is something that a lot of people will connect to in um, through our experience, and maybe we can shed some light on a couple of things or maybe yeah. process through some stuff that we haven't processed through before, and maybe you'll get to hear it as it comes out, so we'll see what happens. Vulnerable. Ooh, the vulnerability. Yes. <laughs> yes. So what we wanted to discuss today was the split um, in 2011, 2010-2011-ish time between the UCG Cogwas and kind of discuss our experiences that through. Yeah, and I guess maybe not necessarily discuss the split in the traditional Mm -hmm. sense that people tend to go towards like the nitty gritty and this is what they said, this is what they said. We're not talking about either church Mm -hmm. really. Yeah, It's more so like what we experienced in general, how it affected us, because we were both 17 at the time, so we were, we were teenagers. Um, so how it affected us and just how we chose to remain friends yeah. during that time. Yeah. So Julia and I have a very interesting friendship because we grew up pretty much in the same area since the age of what three or four years old i think younger probably yeah i guess younger we're two two. we're two yeah we were two yes our friendship can legally um rent a car well you know pay less for renting a car (laughs) yes exactly (laughs) yeah it's we we still joke that my first memory of julia is that our our mom brought us to the playground and I came up to give her a hug and Julia ran off screaming because she thought I was scary. And uh, ever since then, I knew we'd be great friends. Well, I had no recollection of this, but I like to choose that I blocked it out of my mind. <laughs> <laughs> it was traumatic. Clearly. Well, it just it takes me a while to get to the hugging stage, and she just likes to start there. Like right in for it. And I'm like, no, no, no. We got to be friends for like five years first, and you have to be thoroughly vetted before I will bestow a hug upon you. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> clearly we have very different modes of operating here. <laughs> I feel like that's like a perfect example of how different. You're like, <gasps> friends. And I'm like, who are you? I know everything about you. Can I trust you? Let me do a background check, and then I'll get back to it, and maybe we can hug eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's true. I mean, getting her mom to even say that she somewhat liked me was like a trial. I don't think I even oh. knew if she liked me or not until I was probably about 12 or 13 years old. <laughs> like, the reason I knew that she actually liked me is because I used to force a hug upon her every single weekend, and... uh <laughs> For years. And so I guess a couple weekends in a row, I forgot to hug her. And she came up to you one, one weekend and goes, so uh, why haven't you been, well, I haven't gotten a hug in a while. And I looked at her and I said, you do love me. And she was quiet. And I was like, you like my hugs, don't you? And she was like, and I was like, oh, Mrs. Stewart, I love you so much. 
this is my mother is clearly where I get this from, but I am slightly better than her. Yes, slightly Definitely. better for sure. But. Uh, so many warm, warm feelings of being rejected. <laughs> of being rejected, but then it means so much more when you're accepted. Ah, oh, these are my attachment wounds coming out right now. You can't tell. You were secretly accepted the whole time. She just doesn't want to let you know. Exactly. She felt like I needed to work for it. Yeah, you know? prove, prove you're there for the prove long haul. And I would yeah. say I'm pretty similar in that way. But anyway, back to the story. <laughs> yeah. So we grew up best friends since we were two and kind of just did life together pretty simply i mean i feel like our friendship kind of ebbed and flowed depending because you know as your kids are going through different things or a lot of times it depends on who your parents hang out with Mm -hmm. you know like maybe they hang out more with this friend's parent just because you know they're better friends but we've always we've always been friends Mm -hmm. yeah always been really good friends since we were two so I don't remember, like, not knowing you. Mm-mm. Me neither. You've just always been there. Yeah. You always will be. <laughs> but, yeah, so, and it's funny because I think we had a very, we had a really interesting church experience because we had so many young people in our congregation, like a lot of friends. Yeah. And a lot of, like, in the teen group, we at least had, like, 20 plus people yeah. when we were teenagers which, which i and i'm sure it's for you too like we thought like that was normal yeah i mean we thought it was normal totally. to have like a large group and then like for basketball and volleyball we can have like multiple teams mm-hmm. and having like these big teen outings and yeah. but i mean i think as i've gotten older i realized throughout the years that has not really been the mm-hmm. case for most church areas yeah. And to give a little context, we live in the Fort Worth, Texas area, and Texas does like a yearly, like biannual uh, basketball and volleyball tournaments, and they've been doing that since my parents were teenagers. Yeah, and so, they consistently yeah. kept that up. So I have a ton of memories mm-hmm. of doing that and being with like a lot of people my age. Yeah. So that was definitely. I feel like we. We're almost raised in a very naively like, oh, well, it, it almost in a way I always felt like United just was the church. I never even really thought about any other organizations outside of United at that, like growing up. It was like I knew that Worldwide existed and I knew mm-hmm. that there was a split. But outside of that, like I just had no actual awareness of other churches at all. Like I I don't know. Like, I just, I have no memories of that. I think you had a different experience. Yeah. So in my family, um, so I guess it'd be a good point. I mean, not that it matters for this, but Chantel goes to Cagua Mm -hmm. and I go to United. So even, so she was saying like, she, you don't really, you didn't think of Mm -hmm. outside United. You just like, I go to church and this is this is where I go to church and this is it's just normal. Yeah. So in my, under my circumstances, um, my, we went to United in my family. It was my parents, my grandparents on my mother's side. And of course myself and my siblings, but then on my dad's side, they've always, I mean, besides when worldwide was around, they've always gone to a different church of God. So that had always been a huge part of my life in the church, being aware and knowing, 
other organizations were out there. So, yeah. Which I'm kind of jealous of in some ways, like <laughs> looking back, cause we didn't really talk about it that much. I remember you kind of told me that your grandparents and different people in your family, like just didn't go to United, but I guess I, and, and they were still in the church, but I, I guess I had some family members who they still kind of believed it, but they just didn't go anywhere. Yeah. They were basically just like, they studied in their own home and they mm-hmm. almost didn't trust any, any type of like formal organization at all because they just had they they felt like they were just so burned like they couldn't trust people again which is really sad um but yeah whenever you talked about that i always just kind of i just, just projected that onto it's it. just kind of like oh that's interesting yeah. and you kind of just I'm like six i don't know like, <laughs> but yeah so i felt like in a lot of ways we kind of grew up in a slightly naive like you're in a bubble bubble totally which i don't hate the bubble no. i i there's so many up. things that i love about the bubble we lived in yeah it was very safe and we had a great group of friends who i feel like we were all really good influences on each other oh, yeah. overall no like that's like, also the other thing even though we had a lot of teens like we were all not to be like, oh, I was a great kid, yeah. but I was a great kid. Yeah. And everybody was a pretty great kid yeah. there. And so we didn't have like the black sheep of mm-hmm. the, congrega- the congregation by any yeah. means. And so yeah. we, but I think, I'm not jumping too much here, but I think that helped mm-hmm. because we had like year, 17 years, yeah. we were 17 when the split happened, 17 years of like fostering really good, strong mm-hmm. friendships because it's not like Chantel is my only friend I keep up yeah. with who goes to Cogwa. Mm-hmm. I have other, I have several other really good friends right. that go to Cogwa. And be, I think because we had 17 years of fostering like really good, strong mm-hmm. relationships, we've been able to keep them up. Right. Yeah. And it also helps that, I mean, we're still in the same area, so it's oh, yeah. easy to kind of visit yes. each other. I think it's a lot more difficult to foster and keep up the relationships with with those who are outside of our area and are not in, I mean, it's hard enough as it is to like keep up with people in your own, in your own congregation, own congregation, even in your own organization. Like, Oh, like where are you going to the feast? Oh, we might get to go to the feast the same year. You know what I mean? Like it's tough, but I mean, it's not impossible. Um, but yeah, I think in a lot of ways you're so right. I, I think not just friendship, but it almost felt like more like a family. I felt like it was like my church family. And so, yeah, like it was the feelings and how we grew, it was more attached to the people mm-hmm. than like an organization, the, an organization, yeah. Yeah. which I mean, makes sense, especially since we were young. Yeah. And I mean, I think it was really good, like beneficial mm-hmm. or it protected us that we were young. <laughs> I mean, we were still, we were 17. So we were teenagers and we we're starting on that verge of like life wherever you're starting to like do a lot more we were driving um I had actually started college already I think you were in college too or doing but we were like becoming adults but I still felt like we were young enough that when the split was happening there was a lot we didn't understand which I'm like I'm I'm grateful for (laughs) because all the politics of it and all the 
like online, you know, mm-hmm. all that online yeah. fighting and whatever. Like, yeah. I was never a part of it because mm-hmm. I was just I was flipping confused. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and I think that's like the underlying thing of it. It was just, I think. Okay, so here's my question: when when is the first time that you remember being like aware that something was going down? Um. So okay, so the split happened in like December, January time. Mm-hmm approximately it was a only like a little bit before that because i would definitely i mean i am not i'm not privy to a lot of things that happen behind the scenes but i think at least at church Mm -hmm. it wasn't like it wasn't like because i know in some congregations it was months Mm -hmm. about things like the minister or deacons or elders like talking about yeah. it and there was already like creating friction and tension and divides yeah. and I felt like um, our minister at the time he did like a really at least through my yeah. memory did like a pretty good job of like not talking about it and really I feel like the one when I realized something was going on was it was through him but it was pretty late mm-hmm. It was literally right about to happen, yeah. I feel like. Yeah. And he wasn't, there was nothing blatant, but it was just like this, he, there's like these few like key words mm-hmm. that made me go, yeah, what is this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, I want to say that it was around Thanksgiving time because we were visiting my grandparents and I just remember my parents and my grandparents kind of just like talking amongst themselves like it just it seemed like serious well i think it's good to point out like your father he's an elder and your grandfather was a a minister minister. my family like my dad he wasn't yeah he wasn't a deacon like there's no i mean my grandfather was a deacon yeah but he went to a separate Mm -hmm. congregation so like i didn't have maybe some more of like insider stuff that would naturally come with those positions yeah so i definitely i think i knew something was going on a little bit earlier than most people not that i don't think it wasn't like my family was gossiping at all it was just it was more like oh man like this is something's going on here really concerned we need to pray about it um I remember like certain papers coming out and my parents like reading them and even telling me they're like you know Chantel like you're 17 like you should probably read those too and like you need to start thinking like what is your perspective like because it's it's important that you start making your own decisions and start thinking about this on your own which I'm really glad that they did that and I do kind of I was like okay and I kind of read through it and I'm like I'm just so confused like like, what (laughs) it was just so it was just this long pdf about like who said what and who did what and all this stuff and like why this person and why we they took this stance and blah 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 and then it just it was strange it was like yeah it just felt like there was a lot of stuff that was kind of happening under the surface that we hadn't been aware of for a long yeah. time and yeah and like this is was okay so 11 years 11 ish yeah. years ago yeah like because you're talking about like that paper mm-hmm. or different papers and stuff like your parents like oh maybe you should look at yeah. this um on my side it was my mom was more the person who was like reading different things and she would contact different people because you know just as like lame on the layman you're just like yeah 
And so my mom was more of that one of just like looking into things. And I remember I didn't really, I read some stuff, but honestly, like, I think Facebook was a huge part of the problem <laughs> because there was so much like blogs. I were, like, I'm not going to mention the name of some of these blogs, so they are burned in my memory. There were some blogs that were, or vlog, not blogs, blogs that were people are like saying this side and this side. It was just like this. And like Facebook fights were going on, and I was keyboard warriors. <laughs> Starting early. I remember seeing like some posts like that, and sometimes I would read them, and maybe I would feel one way about one post. But I would say overall, in that beginning portion and the start of the split, like those first few weeks, and honestly, months, and I'll get into that later. But like. I was just confused. Yeah. Yeah. It was super confusing. And at the time I was dating a guy who it was just interesting because like my parents were seeing one perspective and his parents were seeing like the exact opposite perspective. And so both of us, like we were kind of super confused or like, well, this is what they're saying and this is what they're saying and that doesn't line up and how is that possible you know and like it just it felt very like it didn't make any sense it just it felt like there was clearly stuff from both sides that were messy and it was just I think at that age I think I also got to a point where I'm like I guess I'll just go where my parents go you know like I still live at home I'm still a dependent they're dependent and so that kind of ultimately was at that point was kind of my decision whenever things really started getting to that breaking point. Cause I, I do think there was like one sermon, like you mentioned earlier that our minister, I, I still feel like he did a pretty good job. Um, but it felt, it was like something was different about that sermon. Yeah. And I remember looking, specifically looking around the congregation being like, and being like, what is going on? Like, this yeah. feels weird. Like, there is, there was, like, this sense of, like, anxiety in the room. Like, there was this well, feeling of, like, feeling of, like, it was awkward. Yeah. It was yeah, very I palpable. I remember looking over and there was a, a gentleman who I knew very well and he was just, like, scribbling a bunch of notes, just, like, clearly unhappy with what was being said. And I'm just like, man, like, what is going on here? And I remember looking at my parents and my mom said something like this is, and she had tears in her eyes and she said, honey, this is probably the last time we're all going to be together. And it just like. And as like a 17 year old who has no idea what's going on, that is just like. It was heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Heartbreaking. Earth. Yeah. Shattering. (laughs) Really? Yeah. Yeah. So um, I'm trying to think. Um, So. My experience during the whole split time was actually very interesting for me mm-hmm. because I was going through baptism counseling, actually. Yeah. Great time to go through baptism yeah. counseling. Yep. So, well, I don't know if I'd even, I mean, this is important to my story, but maybe you should start like, so your family and my family initially, I mean, Went to Cagua. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's important to point out with our yeah. congregation, I would say 75% mm-hmm. of the people went with Cagua. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. our minister at the time also went with Cagua. And I know like a lot of times 
depending on who your minister was, that super mm -hmm. affected who went where. Yep. And so I remember those first few weeks, we met somewhere else. Mm -hmm. And I remember going to Cagua, like my family went to Cagua. Mm -hmm. And then I remember, <laughs> which I still don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> I mean, ultimately it worked out for me, but, um, so we used, we had church at 3 PM, mm -hmm. like, and then, um, Cogwin <laughs> rent, rented the same building at 10 AM. Yeah, it was so awkward. It was <laughs> so, almost like a walk of shame. It's so, so you have, um, Cogwa 10 AM services. Mm -hmm. And so you do the whole setup. So you have some church going there, do set up, do church services, break it down and then literally passing in the parking lot you had the ucg people coming in you like at that still that original 3 p.m time because mm -hmm. it was ucg's contract you know yeah. so it's like that passing in the parking lot yeah like yeah thanks for like I feel like at first it was a little bit awkward, but then I was like actually really grateful for it. Cause it, I was so like, I, I was like, yay, I get to see them. So I would like stop and I'd give people hugs. Like, it's so good to see you. And we like catch up a little bit. Yeah. For me, um, it wasn't, it became not awkward for me because um, I actually went to both churches for the first year. So we were in the same, Cogwin and UCG were in the same church, I mean, the same building for a whole year. And I, for that whole year, um, went to both, actually. So I would- a long Sabbath. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure there were some weeks where I like only went yeah. to UCG or I only went to Cogwin because, you know, there's a lot of church. Um, so I went to both. So it worked out great for me because it took me that entire year to figure out what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. Because like, that's also one of the things that in general kind of irritates me about the split or maybe just, just the whole thing was like, people are confused. Yeah. And it's like, take a side, yeah. you know? And it's just like, yeah. what's going on? And so you kind of maybe like gut instinct go this way or you go here because you don't like those people who yeah. went there. Or this person said yeah. this, you talked to. And so you just, it's like you had to choose. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I think that. It's almost like a mother and a father being like to their children, choose a side. Oh, oh, like for the, yeah, it's, it's kind of like, by the way, there's been years of tension yeah. and we haven't let you guys know that at all. And, oh, you thought everything was great, but no, we're getting divorced tomorrow and you must choose by tomorrow yeah. where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> who are you going to live with, mommy or dad? Yeah, who do you want? So, And it was just like, how is this even possible to, we to were, pick? It's like, I feel like I was still yeah. going, what what's going on? Yeah. Like, I was still getting to the point of realizing that there was tension and that there was issues going on. And then they're like, okay, choose. Like, that's what it felt like. Not saying that's not putting it like, yeah. saying ministers or elders or whatever, or people in congregation were saying those things, but that's what it, it felt, like. felt like. Yeah. It's just like, oh, by the way, this is going on. You have to pick something now. Yeah. And yeah. as a, as anyone, it was just like, what 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 is this? So, but thankfully, I mean, 
for a lot of people, it was super awkward. But for me, that I got to go to both for a year was really, I'm, I'm glad. Mm-hmm. I mean, the awkward, it was super awkward for a lot of people. Yeah. But for me, it worked out great. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's interesting because there was a couple times that I went to both too. I definitely did not go consistently like you did to both of them. I mostly primarily went to Cagua. And I think a lot of ways or a lot of the reason that my family was a little bit more just like they kind of made a decision and they stuck with it was because my grandfather and my dad were like minister and elder. And so so there was a little bit more of that. I don't want to say like contractual obligation, but it's almost like there was more of a defining line for your family. Yeah. And your experiences and your perspective, Mm -hmm. there's more of a defining line with them. There was not this huge defining line this immediate defining line with my family. Because like I said, we were just laymen. We weren't mm-hmm. in the know. Mm-hmm. And so we were just church members. Yeah. And so to kind of like sort through and process things, we took the whole year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's very, very interesting, interesting time. But yeah, well, I guess to... Do you remember... It's, it's so interesting because I remember during that time, that was also during our senior prom. And my boyfriend at the time wanted to come to prom and visit. And it was so funny because they were very united and we were very Cogwa. And um, basically his parents wanted us or him if he came to go to the Cogwa prom to still go to United Services. Which I was like, totally. Like, I'm cool with that. Like, I love all these people. I've seen it's been a minute since I've been to United. Let's go. This is awesome. And so we went and it was just it was it it was great because I love like I feel like everybody was so welcoming. There was one person that came up and said something really awkward and it was pretty uncomfortable. It was like, oh, at least one of you and your family has sense. And then like other people came up that we're so sorry. Like none of us feel that way. Like that is not yeah, appropriate. And this is like this is like a year after. This was about a year after. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, because it basically was a divorce. Mm-hmm. Feelings are still very raw yes, after a definitely. year. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. And it was like, I just remember thinking like, oh, like it was so shocking to me, I think, because I, I, I kind of had just accepted what had happened a little bit easier, I think, maybe like than you did. It was oh, just, yeah. it was kind of just like, man, this sucks. I hate it. It's not fair. But this is just like where we're going and we're going to move forward with it. It was definitely awkward with the situation with the person that I was dating. So we were kind of having to navigate that. And there was a lot of like, I was hearing from his perspective, like, you know, oh, we'll be careful. There are people who are like sheep or uh, wolves in sheep's clothing. They're gonna try to draw you in. So you need to be really like cautious. And so there was, unfortunately, I felt like a lot of the adults projected onto the the teenagers a lot of that stuff like they they almost like discouraged 
the young people to hang out with each other, even if they were in different orgs, which is super frustrating. Yeah, I know, I, I would say that at least in our area, that was not the that case. Was not that was the case with a lot of people, yeah. a lot of families yeah. split, a lot of friendships mm-hmm. split, a lot of like people are dating split, yeah. like, and there was a lot. Of, I know that there's some people that were like, don't yeah. spend time with this person. Yeah. We thankfully had very yes. sane parents. Yeah. <laughs> like, very, like, I would like, say overall, all the parents yeah. of people it in our so group were, were never like, mm. don't talk to that no, person. No, that never not. once happened. No, not at all. It was like, it was kind of just that, like, this is a horrible situation. We just have to choose. But ultimately, like, they're great people and we love them. We we might not be on the same page, but like that doesn't make any difference. And what happened was not our fault. No, not like, at all. So not to be, take something that is not our fault yeah. and in some ways kind of not our problem mm-hmm. and to be like, you can't yeah. do this. You can't see this, this person is now. totally nonsensical. Yeah. And I'm glad our parents were that way. Mm-hmm. Um, like I'm very thankful yeah. that it wasn't like don't don't see that person. Because I do feel I feel like brokenhearted for the people who didn't have that experience, who did really experience the rejection, and especially I think especially for young people, that's really hard when you have such a small group of people and that you feel close to and like of like mind with, and when that gets like closed even smaller. It's just, it's very difficult to have to deal with. Um, it does not help. No, all. it doesn't. And so I think that even, that made a lot of people even more um, cynical of other people. It either, I think, I think the split did one of two things. It, it either, like for me, it was actually healthy for me because it helped me realize, oh, there's other people out there. <laughs> There's other organizations out there. I don't know what it was, but it was like this light bulb came on because like I started hearing about other people talking about like um, um, CGI and like all these different, uh, these names, these acronyms. I'm like, what are you talking about? Or global and how that was yeah, and living. Say, we're and, very good at coming up with new church names because there's yeah, so many acronyms. out there. Just do all the acronyms. We're so good at it. But it's just so funny to me that like, that was like the moment that my brain just went, oh, there's other people out there? Like, what? like I don't know why I was so naive, but in a lot of ways that kind of opened my mind to being like, cool, like who else is out there? Like, I want to meet them. And I'm, it made me more open to not just like only seeing and wanting to be around. Like, obviously I was friends with people outside of our church, like, you know, my school friends, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But like, I just didn't even think or consider that there was other people out there in different organizations of like mind. And that kind of was exciting for me. I didn't really know how to get into contact with them, but I feel like it was just kind of like a little nugget. But I feel like the opposite happened to some people where they got so like, it was almost traumatized that they were like, I don't trust anyone outside of my org. It's either like, if they're not in my org, like I won't, either won't associate with them or I wouldn't even date someone in a different organization. Like I will only date someone in this organization and that's it. And everybody has their own prerogatives to make those decisions. That's fine. But 
I don't know. I just, I felt like it just, they closed their yeah. world and their circle even more. Yeah. I, I think it's interesting because like, like you said, it like plants it a nugget and was like, I mean, the split was not positive, but you, no. well, this is kind of just shows like yeah. your personality and nature mm-hmm. more. Like you were just like, oh, like there's more out there and you know, all those things. Like for me, I mean, I'll be honest since we're supposed to be honest, I was an extremely bitter person yeah. about the split, like really, really bitter and angry mm-hmm. about it all. Like it took me years yeah. to kind of process yeah. through it. And it's like, I wasn't, it's like, you can be, I was not bitter towards people, mm-hmm. like individual people. Yeah. I was not bitter towards them. I was collective, like I was bitter towards collectively mankind. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Or just like of man, the stupidity of man and how we just like screw up so profoundly. (laughs) We're so great at screwing up. Well, okay. So to get, so like I mentioned previously, I was going through baptism counseling at the time and, um, it was, so like we mentioned, like, or at least like for the first several weeks, I went to only Cagua. And I went to Cagua because it felt safe and normal because most of the people went with Cagua. So when you walked in the building, it felt like, like it felt normal. Mm -hmm. It felt like almost all the same people are there. And those that were missing, it could have been that amount of people can be gone at any weekend because of trips or whatever like it felt so normal and safe that I immediately was like I was I was going to Cagua because it was like this protection Mm -hmm. for for my brain in a way like so I remember for weeks just going to Cagua and only really wanting to go to Cagua because it it felt it felt normal it felt like what I had grown up with my entire life and then so after a few weeks. So actually I would say the first two weeks or so mm-hmm. my parents went with Kagwa mm-hmm. and then after that they started going to UCG and Kagwa. Mm-hmm. I don't think I don't not every weekend they were going to both, but yeah. they started going to UCG. Mm-hmm. And I was very resistant to going to UCG, but it, but it had nothing to do with like people or the people or the sp- Split itself, yeah. like, oh, I think Kagwa's right. And right. Kagwa's the way to go. It was literally like, these are the people I've known my entire life. Yeah. This is like safety for me. Mm-hmm. I can pretend like nothing's happened. Yeah. That's what it was yeah. for me. Which I felt like probably is what happened for me more because it felt normal and safe. Like, it was sad and painful to not be in, in community with those few people who did choose to leave. But I think it was easier to just kind of like, pretend like everything was fine. Oh, it was super easy to pretend yeah. like everything was fine. And so, like I said, like I went to Kagwa probably the first six weeks. Mm-hmm. And I remember, because my parents were going to UCG more, um, or more than I was. Mm-hmm. And so I remember my parents um, saying, oh, um, 
you should go to UCG. Like, not like, oh, you need to choose UCG. Because yeah. they did not know what they were doing no. for at least six months. Yeah. Because they were still sorting through yeah. things. Um, so they're like, oh, you should try to go to UCG. And I was like, <laughs> because it was terrifying yeah. to me. And I didn't know why, per se. So I remember finally deciding, okay, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go to UCG. And I specifically made sure that, see, I'm, shows, I'm kind of like a lone wolf in a lot of ways. I specifically asked my parents not to go when I went. Like, I wanted to go into the experience by myself because, I mean, I, how I process things, it's like, yeah. I'm an island. <laughs> like, probably, I wanted... You probably didn't want, like, them, their perspective at all. Well, I, wanted... I just, well, I just wanted to be alone. Yeah. I just, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm a lone wolf, kind of. But I was like, I want to be alone. I don't want you to come. Yeah. <laughs> so I remember... It's been 11 years, but it's still very emotional for me. Yeah. Um, I remember... And it's in the same building, which I think helped in some ways because I got to see just the contrast. Yeah. So the morning, I still went, I went to Cagua that day. So I went to Cagua. There's like over a hundred people there. I mean, it felt normal, except it was early in the morning. How dare they? That was painful having to wake up that early and go to church. I tell you what, <laughs> when you're well, used to three I, o'clock services for your entire I life. Think, I think that was the least of, um, least of our I'm problems. Totally <laughs> I'm joking. But I do remember there was a lot of grumbling about that. Yes, a little violent. <laughs> anyway, I went to I went to Cagua that morning, and then I remember I went out to lunch with you and our other friends. Mm-hmm. Went to lunch, and then I remember you guys were like going to go hang out because we were finally driving on our own. We just started doing that, and I went. You know, I said you know, I'm actually going to go to UCG. Mm-hmm. So I drove my car over back to the church. And church was going to start in like 15 minutes. And so that morning there had been a very full parking lot and there was people and like how um, the church hall is set up. There's like this long hallway in the front. It was like at a youth orchestra. Is it youth orchestra Mm -hmm. or or whatever? But there's like this long hallway with like glass doors and you walk in and like, you know, Usually there's like a lot of people in that hallway and yeah. So anyway, I drive back to the same building and the parking lot is nearly empty. There's like 10 cars, 15 cars, and it's like a pretty good sized parking lot. And I remember just being like, like, this is so strange. Yeah. And then I remember walking up to the building and going in and it is silent absolutely silent in there you could probably hear a butterfly flapping its wings it was so silent in there and I was just stepping in and it just felt weird and I remember there was this couple that they came around the corner and they go oh Julia it's so good to see you and on the inside I felt like I died because it only been like four, five, six weeks, and in that moment, I realized I forgot that I forgot they existed because I'd been so 
caught up in like my self-protection and like, oh, I'm going to go where it's normal. Like I literally forgot this couple existed and that just was like soul crushing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And so I remember going to sit down and this is, it's a pretty big room. Um, and it, it's never like full. It wasn't never full because it was a huge room, but it was like, there was there's a lot of people and and so I go in there and they're in this huge room there's like 35 people scattered because everybody because we're creatures of habit we always sit in our same seats <laughs> so even though there's only like 30 people in the room 35 people in the room everybody's sitting in their same seat see so this person here and then you've got like 20 rows back there's somebody here and there's somebody over there and I remember just sitting down and there's only like 35 people and the sermon is going on and it's a very, I, I don't remember what was said, but I just know that the speaker was very, very emotional. And I remember just like my heart racing and I felt panicked. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I, I don't know, yeah. distraught, mm-hmm. sick heartbroken, all the things. Um, and I remember getting up during church because I literally, I felt like I was being smothered. Mm-hmm. I got up, I ran out to the parking lot and I broke down, like sobbing, crying. Cause it finally, I finally understood what had happened. Yeah. Not this organization says this, this organization says this, all the political stuff, whatever. I still don't understand it. And it's very, it's all hazy in my mind, Mm -hmm. but I finally understood what had really happened. Mm -hmm. And that was that man, like, I mean, we know, I know this and I knew it, but it's like, I understood that the split had come from sin. Like, Mm -hmm a deep, deep rooted sin. Yeah. The sin of, I mean, I mean, it's mankind. We're yeah. so, we're so sinful. <laughs> and it just, just brokenness. Yes. In, brokenness. Inability to communicate healthfully. And, and, and yeah. And it's like at the time, cause I was going through baptism counseling. Like, I think a lot of people when they're going through baptism counseling, they are like, Oh, like, am I worthy? You know, like, I didn't necessarily think about that too much, but I remember being out there. So I don't know if I've ever cried like that since, like gut wrenching sobs. And I just remember thinking like, if this is what we do with God, Mm -hmm. if we allow ourselves to do this with God, with the Holy Spirit, because I wasn't questioning, I wasn't questioning my faith. I wasn't questioning that the Holy Spirit existed or that God existed or his truth was the truth. I was not questioning that at all, but I was just like, if this is what we do with, with God, with God, with the Holy Spirit, I don't want to know what happens without it. It, I think in a lot of ways, I see as I've gotten older, the inability for people in the church of God to be able to communicate healthfully and to 
like recognize when something isn't right. And actually to face it and reconcile. People in the church so are so headstrong and they, it's easier to pretend like everything's fine until all of a sudden everything's falling apart. And then everybody's like, well, what happened? Why is it falling apart? It's be- it's like and it's like a marriage, right? Like if you just like sweep all the issues under the rug forever, eventually it'll blow up. Like there's nothing you can do about it. And yeah. I think that's just, I think it's a human quality. And I think it's something that we in the church really, really struggle with is being able to like own up and say, okay, this is happening. This is happening on my side. Let's sit and let's talk about this like adults. Yeah. Let's talk about this and let's recognize maybe our own pride, yes. our own sin in this. I have this issue. We all do. She's like, got this issue. Definitely. You have this issue. Yeah. <laughs> and so I just remember being like, realizing the sin in it. Mm-hmm. Like really, you know, you have those moments of pure God-given clarity where you finally understand before you're sucked back into just seeing things surface level. Like that was my moment of seeing like the sin and just being and understanding like how deeply ingrained it was in the situation Mm -hmm. and in all of us. And I was not going to put my life or the control or the way my life went in the hands of these organization heads, I was not gonna hand over my life to them and be like, you can decide these things for me because I was like, I don't know what's happening. I see this, I see the sin. But, and because of that, I'm like, you're not gonna tell me Mm -hmm. who I'm gonna see or what I'm gonna do in, in that area. Yeah. Right. You know, which I don't think is an unhealthy thought. I actually think that is healthy to have that, like, to not be almost so beholden to an organization that you're blind to the fact that the organization is run by imperfect humans who can make mistakes, who sometimes we have to own up to those mistakes. And, you know, so I think there is a danger in in being like just absolutely like no matter what this is like i'm gonna go on their side even if i don't look at all the facts i just this is what the church says yeah so therefore we will do so this is what this organization says right Right. yeah instead of critically thinking and looking at all the yeah the the split really and for you too Mm -hmm. as you meant like it made us be more better thinkers definitely definitely better thinkers and being like, oh, well, that's interesting. Like, well, let me look at this different point of view. Maybe I don't understand it all understand that. Or I don't, I don't agree with that. Or maybe what about this other thing? Right. You know? So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting. Cause I remember like after a couple of years, it start, it's weird how like quickly things become normal again for people i think humans are pretty good at adapting like to adapt and establish new habits yeah and And move forward i mean i think it's never felt normal not going to church with you on a regular basis but we made it work and we made it get to a place that wasn't because we we so appreciate each other's friendship like i was over at your your house all the time and we still spent so much time together you like talking on the phone whatever it was like I don't really feel like 
there wasn't really a beat that we missed as friends. No, like there was, we never had a time where we didn't speak. We never had that time. It always was just like the same. Um, I do think though, I do remember after a couple of years thinking like, man, like why has she still not got past this? Because you were still clearly very angry and like resentful. I was angry for years. For a long time. (laughs) And I even remember like, I don't know. It was just, it it was kind of shocking to me and I didn't quite get it. I didn't understand it at that point. I think I was a lot more, clearly I was a lot more immature and I, and I almost didn't, I don't think I had the capacity to understand what you were going through at that point. So I just didn't have the space. I just knew you were hurting and it was so hard for me to see you going through it. And I also knew that like, like your mom really was struggling with it. Like it wasn't that she was mad at me, but I think she, like I reminded her well of things. Well, you know what I mean? Like because yeah, it's like everybody who um, goes or went or goes to Cagua, it's like I still very much care about those people. I don't obviously I don't see them as much, but I love seeing them. But yeah. I will be a hundred percent honest. It took me several years to kind of get to that point. And it wasn't like every time I saw Chantel, I was like, ah. It wasn't like that because I knew it wasn't the congregation. Mm -hmm. It wasn't those people. Yeah. But it's like. It's a trigger for that, like, that painful feeling. Yeah. Like, well, seeing certain people or, like, seeing maybe it wasn't even certain people per se. But, I mean, because I would, after that year, um, UCG went elsewhere because there wasn't many people and so they joined with the Dallas congregation. And what made you kind of choose to start attending more with UCG versus Cagua? Um, after like that first like really intense experience. I don't know. I don't know if we can get in that. Because <laughs> I feel like it'd be too much of a focus yeah. on this. You know, like, yeah. like it'd be too much of a focus yeah. on Right. Ultimately, you just I I did I did choose UCG, mm-hmm. and I would go visit Cagua. Um, I actually went to Cagua pretty frequently yeah. those first several years. Mm-hmm. Um, well, also, I did. <laughs> I fled the country. <laughs> she did. Partly because of the split. Yeah, I did. See, like we. We handled things very differently. <laughs> Clearly. I was, I mean, like I said, I was super bitter mm-hmm. about things for years. And I was in, I guess it was, that was going on during my freshman year of college. Mm-hmm. And since I was angry and bitter and processing things for several years, I was fed up with church organizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sick of it. Because those first few years, things were still very much like, because it was raw Mm -hmm. for everyone. It was like, oh, well, this paper, that paper, Mm -hmm. this person said this, and or this still like, like back and forth at each other. Bickering and under. And like, it just felt so like, I'm like, are we a bunch of like Mm -hmm. politics fighting here? And like underhanded, like. It also felt like we were like in first grade. Like, it just felt super immature. And all these, and I mean, I understand because the hurt feelings were there and very intense and very valid in the sense of like just everybody was hurting. But I just, the 
back and forth. It did not help mm-hmm. my angry, my angry, my anger. <laughs> Your angry I can't anger. even speak properly. That I was so fed up with church organizations that I, it made, it was a huge aspect in why I decided to move to Thailand. Mm -hmm. And I stayed there for three years. Mm -hmm. I came back to visit. And then while I visited, I went to UCG and Cagua pretty evenly Mm -hmm. because then I felt like I was not in their daily problems or in the daily things going on because I lived literally across the ocean. And so I wasn't even aware. Yeah. So you kind of like, almost like, I need a disconnect. Like oh, yeah. you kind of just needed to disconnect. I needed like to needed disconnect. To. And then when I returned, cause I would come back for like mm. two months before I went back, I got to just purely be excited about seeing people mm. and not think about all the pain yeah. that went with the whole situation. Mm. It, I, like it was, yeah. I don't know. I just wasn't, I was able to not focus on the pain and just be focused on being excited to see people yeah. on both sides. Yeah. And I did that for three years. Yeah. Crazy, man. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't like the only reason why I went to Thailand, but to be honest, it was like a huge reason why I left. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always wanted to live abroad, but the, like the split, I actually remember (laughs) I was on campus and I saw some person make some dumb post on Facebook. And also it was right before atonement too. Mm-hmm. Like, are you really going to do yeah, this? Yeah, I know. It's right like, before wow. atonement. I'm pretty sure it was atonement. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was, I don't think it was a spring holidays. Yeah. yeah Cause I was in my fall, a fall, my fall semester, sophomore year, whatever. And they, they said something and they had a lot, there was a lot of people commenting on it. It was just like this whole like mess going on. And I remember just talking to my mom about it and being so angry about it. And it wasn't, just to clarify, it wasn't something that a Kagwa person said. It was somebody, somebody in UCG. So I wasn't like, oh, those yeah. Kagwa, it wasn't that. It was somebody in UCG who said something that I was just like, yeah. Like, I'm just like, that. Ah, I was so yeah. angry. And just I was like, stop bringing stop it up again. Like, stop I'm like, making stop. more contingent. Or especially, I'm like, right before atonement. Yeah. Like, that's all about like reconciliation, yeah. people. And you're like, fighting about something mm-hmm. and bringing something up. And it was at that time, I remember sitting there and I told my mom, I was like, I'm gonna leave. Yeah. Not the church because it's never been, I've, cause so, unfortunately a lot of people left their faith. Mm-hmm. There's a decent amount yeah, of people who just didn't, left the faith of, or just don't come to church age, anymore. I think especially like the millennials, really struggled with that because they saw a lot of the hypocrisy of like they're like well you're saying to love your neighbor you're saying to do all these things and yet you can't even get your act together so (laughs) people just had a hard time disconnecting their faith with people which you have to do because people are stupid stupid if you're if your faith is entangled with what mankind with, is with gonna do people. it's gonna fail every time because oh, totally. we suck we do. <laughs> i suck every day yes i do something or think something or say something every single day that irritates me and yeah. i feel like or not just irritates me where i go like why did i do that yeah that was dumb that was sinful that was selfish i do that every single day mm-hmm. and i think a 
you mentioning like a lot of people like couldn't get over the hypocrisy when I would get really embedded into my bitterness, which was frequent. Um, I used to have, I used to think, okay, Julia, if you took all those men and you replaced them with a hundred Julia's, would have things been any different? And I'm like, probably not. Maybe it would have been sooner. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like, I'm like, if you literally place all those people with Julia, have a hundred Julia's. No, it'd be just that church, the church organization, or it would be just as screwed up. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's one thing that really, I think we've always been frustrated when, especially young people go, oh, like, Once the old people die off, we're going to make the church so much better, blah, blah, blah. And we're like, Uh (laughs) no, it'll just be different issues. It might not be the same issues, but it'll be different issues because no matter what, we are going to screw it up every time unless we are like following God, unless we're willing to be humble and unless we're willing to like, oh, shoot, like, thank you for pointing that out. You're right. I really messed this up. Like, and that's and do you know how crazy it is to have like even like 10 people humble at the same time no real hard that's real hard we all, we all go in ebbs and flow like and it's true like some i definitely feel like i get in seasons where it's i i feel like it's easier for me to take negative feedback and to like process things and, and to be like okay yeah right. you're right Let me Think, work on this. yeah and then there's other seasons where i'm just like excuse you who do you think you are? Like, tell me what I should and shouldn't do, you know? Like, and it's it just, ugh. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely been an interesting process to kind of wrap it up. It, I think now looking back, I'm grateful for it because I do think it made us stronger in our faith because it required us to have to process through it I'm not that's the only reason I'm grateful I'm not grateful for the fact that there was a splitting of family I think that is something that is so painful and that we're still dealing with today there's still the it's the ramifications from that yeah I think and I think a lot of that was kind of the seed planted for me that I'm of the opinion, like, I don't really see myself as just a member of Kagwa. I don't like anymore. I, now that I'm like, I have so many friends from so many different organizations now. I've been just blessed by their conversations. Thank you, Church of God Network. Thank you, Church of God Network. Seriously, like, I have just, my, my perspective and my understanding has just blossomed since I developed relationships with people of di- outside of my little Kagwa bubble. And it's helped me be a much stronger Christian. It's helped me be a much more empathetic person. And I just, I don't, I don't affiliate myself with just Kagwa. I, I am a member of the church of God. And each place that I visit is a congregation. I don't see it as an organization anymore. I'm just, I'm going to a Dallas congregation or I'm going to Fort Worth congregation and maybe it has this label, but I don't see it like that. You're just seeing it more so like for the people rather than like the label. I just, I, I just, I, at this point, I just see it. It's so pointless because ultimately we're all going to be in God's kingdom. We're all going to be working together. And, and it's kind of like, cause with you, cause 
I think it's really great that you like go, will go to different organizations or that you're doing so with CGN, like, because it's going to make it easier to work with each other, yeah. like in the kingdom. Is it, I mean, like really guys, it, it, to me, it sounds insane to be like the, you know, we're spirit beings. And I know obviously whenever your mind has changed and you become a spirit, things are gonna be so vastly different. Mm -hmm. But for that to be our first contact yeah. with somebody who went to a different organization and or an organization isn't even gonna exist then, <sighs> seems kind of ridiculous. Yeah. It is. In the grand scheme of things, it is. It's very petty. It is. It's so human. <laughs> yeah. Which is why we need Jesus Christ in the first place, yes. because we don't know how to deal with our emotions. And that's pretty much it. We're messed we up. We really struggle to feel feelings because it hurts. Yes. <laughs> but yeah. through it all, I'm just, I guess I'm just grateful that I have a friend who is so like lovely as you. And just even though we do and have had very different opinions and perspectives and we, I don't feel like we ever had like a big fought, a big fight about it or anything. No. We definitely had hard conversations. Yeah, and then also there's just some things that maybe this seems maybe counterintuitive, but in this situation, mm -hmm. there are also things that you just don't have to talk yeah. about because maybe you're just not going to change the other person's yeah. opinion and maybe yeah. it shouldn't matter for your relationship. Exactly. Because, I mean, I would say there's things concerning the split that we've never talked about, mm -hmm. but I don't see the point yeah. in it. And I don't, I'm like, I don't want to bring all that stuff out. What's the point? Yeah. Yeah. There is and I'm not saying there's not a time and place yeah. for certain discussions about the split and the nitty gritty, you know, you have a field day about mm -hmm. it. I, I don't want to yeah. do it. I have no interest in it. Mm -hmm. No. Because ultimately, when you get down to it, the most important thing and what I believe Christianity is, is all about relationships. It's about loving each other and loving God. And if we can't even get that down, like, we're kind of screwed. <laughs> So I think that's something that we really need to foster more in the church of God as a whole is the ability to really love each other and love each other even if we don't see eye to eye on every yeah. single thing. Well, it comes down to choosing to choose mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. Like I decided to and I'm I decided to choose to still be friends with Shanta, like to not let yeah, whatever happen to get in the way. Mm -hmm. And I mean, but granted, it's like, it's like you could argue, but it, oh, but it did get in the way because you don't see those people as much, which yeah. I mean, there is some truth to that, but any of the people who like go to Kagwa, I'd be very, very happy to see him. But you know, you do naturally drift apart when you don't see each other yeah. as much, but I don't think anything ill of them yeah and same for me because maybe i don't see them very much as much now but i still would consider them my family yeah absolutely for sure or you could just move in with someone and then you get to see them all the time so it doesn't matter what organization out. you go to you <laughs> see them all the other them. you see them all the other six days a week <laughs> <laughs> yep but yeah well thank you for tuning in to our little conversation hopefully you got something out of it hopefully it made and, sense um maybe you 
had some like aha moments like oh man i can totally empathize and even if you think we're crazy yeah you just keep us posted feel free to comment <laughs> comment down below let us know what you think like what your experience was and yeah you know i'm just super curious to hear other different people's perspectives and, and how they grew from the process and how it kind of like shaped them i think that's always like super important so, yeah. thank you yes. bye bye